Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Ryan, and we are talking about festivals in Leviticus. And all these festivals are, I mean, it's pretty cool to read about because they, someone point to Jesus and some of them have really practical meaning. And then also in the middle of this, of this Leviticus reading, we have somebody, um, being stoned to death. (laughs) It's not funny, but I was just thinking when you were reading it, Ryan, that like, I can't imagine being the people that are like responsible for stoning somebody. Like I can't even fathom being asked to do that. I can't fathom it. That's crazy. It, the whole scene is really bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's probably not actually that bizarre, I guess, like in context, but you get kind of these like festival regulations that are like very like holiday centered. Right. And then it's like, and then this guy got killed. <laughs> yeah. He made a curse against the name of the Lord. So the people that were asked to be part of it, like everybody that heard him do it, mm-hmm. uh, were supposed to be part of the stoning. Mm hmm. Uh, commentary that I'm reading right now says that um, the the holiness of God was so important, those that even heard it had to be part of the consequence because they were part of the offense. How crazy is that? It is really crazy. Um, and now I'm like wondering, what does that mean for, did they have to do any purification sacrifices well, after even, a punishment like this? It's, People- really, it's interesting because even how it's written, um, now I have to go back and find it. Even how it's written, it talks about how if somebody blasphemes the name of the Lord, they have to be stoned to death. And then, like, right after that, uh, I'm trying to – yeah, okay. So, this is Leviticus 24, uh, verse 16. Basically says, if someone takes the name's Lord in vain, you have to stone them to death. And then immediately following that, it says, anyone who takes another person's life must be put to death. I was like, well, what about those stoning people? Like, didn't they actually just do that? Right. Um, so, I guess it's just in the in the context of punishment – of, of, again, like God's holiness and his justice in that. Um, interesting thing about that man, uh, he has an Egyptian father right. and an Israelite mother. So, again, this is part of the part of the Egyptian crew of people. This is the next generation now mm-hmm. of people that came out. I'm not saying that they were all blaspheming people. I'm just no. saying, like, this is evidence that there is another generation now of Israelites that were actually Egyptian. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Right. So, and we know that God cares for the foreigner. Like yeah. He cares for the outsider. So yeah. It's not that the, the Egyptians weren't valued. Right. But if their beliefs were seeping into Israelite beliefs and they did not care about the holiness of God. Right. Which this person did not care about the holiness of God. And it is, yeah, it's interesting, it's interesting to know. Um, and one commentary that I was reading is talking about like the heart condition. Mm-hmm. So this guy's, if this guy had a condition of his heart where he was, had enmity towards God or it was angered or whatever, like that, it comes out. And so it came out in the form of a curse against the name of the Lord. Yes. So super interesting and super like sobering. I can't, I just can't even imagine. It's hard for me. Obviously there's more to this story than what is written. Right. Like we don't know who the man is or kind of what the the scenario, we do know that he got into a pretty serious argument uh, that turned into a fight that involved a curse. So, I like just like how that's just like he came out of his tent and got into a fight. Yeah, he was just <laughs> looking for a fight, I guess. Um, so all all that kind of takes away on like it's all in God's time mm-hmm. and it is part of God's story. But I it takes away from the the festivals. I think the festivals are very 
interesting and yeah, very important. Definitely. Um, and again, I think it's something that's lost on us a little bit because Christmas is like a one-day thing that we have to shop like crazy for. And we don't – as Christians, we don't celebrate no. Jewish holidays at right. all. Right. Um, maybe maybe Passover if we're feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the word. <laughs> one of the <laughs> things – going. I, I, <laughs> one of the things I want to point out to this is that all of these – are in the context of how important Sabbath is. Mm-hmm. So there are all these festivals, but they're actually like a supplement to the the every seventh day of your week being set aside for the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. So community holiness is a big part of Leviticus. You, you could probably make the case that it's the main focus of Leviticus. Um, so what I like is that it sets into context every seventh day you will rest, not because you're tired. It doesn't mean like... Take a day off work. It actually means set aside an entire day every week, every seventh day to enjoy the holiness of God. We are a community of people who exist to enjoy the presence of God, and we will communally do that every seventh day. Right. And taking a day off work would would not have been like a regular practice um, in those communities that we were part or the nations that they knew of. Correct. So this is like... Our first instance of a holiday. It's, it's so it, 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 yes, it's a holiday, but even more than that, it's a day to actually enjoy the holiness of God. Right. It's not a holiday which to is, do everyone. It, it's not like, it's not just take a day off of work. Yeah. It's, it's not just don't do something. It's actually take a specific day to do something, mm-hmm. enjoy and worship and be in the presence of God with us. Yeah. Um, which we should still be doing today. Yeah. Um, what that looks for, like for you might be different. Uh, but we should be communally enjoying the presence of the Lord um, because it is a command from generation to generation. Yeah. What's interesting about these festivals is that is how they line up with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So Christ died on the Passover. Um, then the day after Sabbath, he rose again. That would be the festival of first fruits. And then um, the festival of harvest would have been Pentecost. Um, where the church was basically born. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting to kind of see how all of that lines up. Again, God's sovereign and his timing and everything, but it's really cool. Like Jesus could have died and rose again on any day, but it was these Jewish holidays. It's all it set within the context of these things yeah. already happening. Yeah, very cool. Uh, again, an issue of God's sovereignty that we can see in this particular text is all these rules around the the um, giving your first fruits and celebrating this year of Jubilee, there's a lot of times where people are not supposed to be planting or harvesting. And God is saying like, hey, I'm in charge of the land. There's going to be food for you. Mm. So like, I'm sure you're going to be scared because you're not going to plant anything, but actually I'm going to give you three years worth of food for taking off that one year. Right. Also, it's actually just good agriculture. Um, So now people- I don't know anything about farming. (laughs) I I know enough to get me in trouble. But now what people do is they rotate crops, right? We don't don't take a year and not plant anything. Mm -hmm. But we did discover, like in American agriculture, is if you plant corn in the same field every single year forever, that field will eventually not produce a crop because that dirt actually needs to rest to have the right amount of nutrients and stuff. So now what people do is they'll they'll plant corn and they'll plant beans and then they'll plant like plant hay. Like they rotate it so that the nutrients get recycled. But I this did not know this. <laughs> this is another really excellent example of like God actually teaches us good science. Like yeah. let the ground rest so that the crops produce more. And like obviously God is involved in it. This is God's sovereignty over creation. Right. But also, if you don't plan anything for a year, you will get more the next time. Right. So we've seen God establish his department of health. 
and now agriculture. Now we're seeing there the Department go. of Agriculture. Yep. <laughs> Sovereign overall. He also has a Department of Corporal Punishment. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, guys, I hope you're getting a lot out of this. Uh, I am enjoying Leviticus. I didn't think I'd like Job. I liked it. I didn't think I'd like Leviticus. I liked it. Things are going great. (laughs) Guys, thanks so much, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Today we're reading from Leviticus chapter 23, starting in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as official days for holy assembly. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day, and it must be observed wherever you live. In addition to the Sabbath, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, the official days for holy assembly that are to be celebrated at the proper times each year. The Lord's Passover begins at sundown on the 14th day of the first month. On the next day, the 15th day of the month, you must begin celebrating the Festival of Unleavened Bread. This festival to the Lord continues for seven days, and during that time, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, all the people must stop their ordinary work and observe an official day for holy assembly. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. On the seventh day, the people must again stop all their ordinary work to observe an official day for holy assembly. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you and you harvest its first crops, bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift it up before the Lord so it may be accepted on your behalf. On the same day, you must sacrifice one-year-old male lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With it, you must present a grain offering consisting of four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil. It will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You must also offer one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, count off seven full weeks. Keep counting until the day after the seventh Sabbath, 50 days later. Then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves of bread to be lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. Make these loaves from four quarts of choice flour and bake them with yeast. They will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. Along with the bread, present seven one-year-old male lambs with no defects, one young bull, and two rams as a burnt offering to the Lord. These burnt offerings, together with the grain offerings and liquid offerings, will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Then you must offer one male goat as a sin offering and two one-year-old male lambs as a peace offering. The priest will lift up the two lambs as a special offering to the Lord, together with the loaves representing the first of your crops. These offerings, which are holy to the Lord, belong to the priests. That same day will be proclaimed an official day for holy assembly, a day on which you do no ordinary work. This is permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields, and do not pick up the harvest that drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. 
the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. It will be an official day for holy assembly, a day commemorated with loud blasts of a trumpet. You must do no ordinary work on that day. Instead, you are to present special gifts to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, Be careful to celebrate the Day of Atonement on the tenth day of that same month, nine days after the Festival of Trumpets. You must observe it as an official day for holy assembly, a day to deny yourselves and present special gifts to the Lord. Do not work during the entire day because it is the Day of Atonement. When offerings of purification are made for you, making you right with the Lord your God. All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people. And I will destroy anyone among you who does any work on that day. You must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you, and on that day you must deny yourselves. This day of rest will begin at sundown on the ninth day of the month and extend until sundown on the tenth day. And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters on the fifteenth day of the appointed month, five days after the Day of Atonement. This festival to the Lord will last for seven days. On the first day of the festival, you must proclaim an official day for holy assembly, when you do no ordinary work. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. The eighth day is another holy day on which you will present your special gifts to the Lord. This will be a solemn occasion, and no ordinary work will be done that day. These are the Lord's appointed festivals. Celebrate them each year as official days for holy assembly by presenting special gifts to the Lord. Burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, and liquid offerings, each on its proper day. These festivals must be observed in addition to the Lord's regular Sabbath days, and the offerings are in addition to your personal gifts, the offerings you give to fulfill your vows, and the voluntary offerings you present to the Lord. Remember that this seven-day festival to the Lord, the Festival of Shelters, begins on the 15th day of the appointed month, after you have harvested all the produce of the land. The first day and the eighth day of the festival will be days of complete rest. On the first day, gather branches from magnificent trees, palm fronds, boughs from leafy trees, and willows and that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation. For seven days, you must live outside in little shelters. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters. This will remind each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses gave the Israelites these instructions regarding the annual festivals of the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for light, to keep the lamps burning continually. This is the lampstand that stands in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. Aaron and the priests must tend the lamps on the pure gold lampstand continually in the Lord's presence. You must bake 12 flat loaves of bread from choice flour using four quarts of flour for each loaf. Place the bread before the Lord on a pure gold table and arrange the loaves in two stacks with six loaves in each stack. 
put some pure frankincense near each stack to serve as a representative offering, a special gift presented to the Lord. Every Sabbath day, this bread must be laid out before the Lord as a gift from the Israelites. It is an ongoing expression of the eternal covenant. The loaves of bread will belong to Aaron and his descendants, who must eat them in a sacred place, for they are most holy. It is the permanent right of the priest to claim this portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. One day, a man who had an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father came out of his tent and got into a fight with one of the Israelite men. During the fight, this son of an Israelite woman blasphemed the name of the Lord with a curse. So the man was brought to Moses for judgment. His mother was Shelemith, the daughter of Dibri of the tribe of Dan. They kept the man in custody until the Lord's will in the matter should become clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp and tell all those who heard the curse to lay their hands on his head. Then let the entire community stone him to death. Say to the people of Israel, Those who curse their God will be punished for their sin. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be stoned to death by the whole community of Israel. Any native-born Israelite or foreigner among you who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. Anyone who takes another person's life must be put to death. Anyone who kills another person's animal must pay for it in full, a live animal for the animal that was killed. Anyone who injures another person must be dealt with according to the injury inflicted. A fracture for a fracture, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Whatever anyone does to injure another person must be paid back in kind. Whoever kills an animal must pay for it in full, but whoever kills another person must be put to death. The same standard applies to both the native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. After Moses gave all these instructions to the Israelites, they took the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him to death. The Israelites did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops, but during the seventh year the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year, and don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from your own unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest, but you may eat whatever the land produces on its own during its Sabbath. This applies to you, your male and female servants, your hired workers, and the temporary residents who live with you. Your livestock and the wild animals in your land will also be allowed to eat what the land produces. In addition, you must count off seven Sabbath years, seven sets of seven years, adding up to 49 years in all. Then on the Day of Atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as, a whole, as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you, when each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. This 50th year will be a jubilee year for you. During that year, you must not plant your fields or store away any of the crops that grow on their own, and don't gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. It will be a jubilee year for you, and you must keep it holy. But you may eat whatever the land produces on its own. In the year of Jubilee, each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors. When you make an agreement with your neighbor to buy or sell property, you must not take advantage of each other. 
When you buy land from your neighbor, the price you pay must be based on the number of years since the last jubilee. The seller must set the price by taking into account the number of years remaining until the next year of jubilee. The more years until the next jubilee, the higher the price. The fewer years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am the Lord your God. If you want to live securely in the land, follow my decrees and obey my regulations. Then the land will yield large crops and you will eat your fill and live sincerely in it, securely in it. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year? Be assured that I will send my blessing for you in the sixth year so that the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. The land must never be sold on a permanent basis, for the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and tenant farmers working for me. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.